Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. Let's pray. Lord God, I pray that you would help me right now to speak your words. And Lord, I pray that you would help all of us to hear from your heart right now, Lord God. Father, we want to hear your heartbeat. We want to hear your words. We want to sense your character and your emotions and your truth. Lord, we want to hear from you. Open the ears of our hearts, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Wholehearted is a new series that we're starting today. And there's three aspects to being wholehearted. Number one, wholehearted means I do things with enthusiasm. I do things with everything I've got. Uh, a man called Bruce Wilkinson, I think his name is, wrote a book um, called The Prayer of Jabez. And he talks about being a gimper, which is just a, a word which means a some, somebody who gives more than is required. When they do a job, they do it with all their hearts. When they're having a disagreement with someone, they're the first to apologize. When there's an opportunity to do something, they overdo it rather than underdo it. They're, they're the kind of person who throws themselves in it. That's the first meaning of wholehearted, meaning enthusiastic and involved. The second meaning of wholehearted is my heart is made whole or healed. Instead of a broken heart, a fractured heart, a splintered heart, a damaged heart, a hard heart, whatever, it is, a divided heart, I have a heart that is made whole. So there's wholehearted enthusiasm. Yes, I'm in there. There's wholehearted healing. My heart has been made whole. It was broken. It was damaged. It was in pieces, but it's been made whole. And then the third aspect is that David, King David in the Bible in the Old Testament, was an amazing character and the Bible says of him, God says he, when he, Saul was the king, Saul was the first king ever of Israel, God said I'm going to make a king and it was Saul and God wanted him and it, he was God's choice but he rebelled against God, his heart was against, was turned against God but in a half-hearted way, he wasn't completely against God, he obeyed but in a half-hearted way, he kind of just, and he tried to bend the rules and skirt around and it's a bit like the illustration of a, a lady who needs a new chauffeur. So she gets a whole lot of chauffeurs to come and drive right next to a very dangerous cliff to see how good a driver they are. And they all go right close to the cliff and she's very impressed. And then one chauffeur comes and he drives about 10 meters away from the cliff. He says, I don't want to be as close as I can. I want to be as safe as I can. King Saul was the kind of king who wanted to obey but wanted to see how close he could get to not obeying. But David was wholehearted in obedience. And God says to Samuel the prophet, choose a man. I do not look at the outward appearance, God says to Samuel. Men look at the outward appearance because Samuel goes to David's father's house. And there's seven brothers there. And they're all outstanding looking young men. And they're tall and they're handsome and they're leader types. And God says, no, it's none of these. I don't look at the outward appearance. I look at the heart. And God says, I've chosen David who is a man after my own heart. Now, those three aspects of King David, he was wholehearted. There are so many times in the Bible where it says David did it with all his might. He's a bit like Peter in the New Testament. You know, just an aside here. You know that Jesus told, chose three special disciples out of his 12. Peter, James and John. And Peter was an all-in kind of guy. When he saw Jesus on the side of the lake, he 
pulled his clothes around him and he jumped in and swam to the side. That's the kind of guy Peter was. When Jesus was walking on the water, Peter said, let me walk on there too. He was all in. Not lukewarm. He was hot. Not hot, not lukewarm. You know, Jesus said, I'd rather you were hot or cold. I want some fat fire and passion in you. I don't want you to just be, oh, beige. I'm a beige person. Everything's average. Everything's beige. I don't never get too excited. I don't ever get too upset. No. Jesus wants fire. Anyway, so Peter was one of those. And then James and John were known as the sons of thunder. That was their nickname because they were kind of guys. And I don't think there's a coincidence there. And David was like that. He, with all his might, he worshipped the Lord with all his might, even if people criticized him. When they were building the temple, it says he gave of his finances with all his might. I've never heard that phrase before, giving with all your might. But he did. That was the kind of guy David was. He was wholehearted and his heart was made whole. And I'm going to show you today that he had opportunity to have a broken heart, a divided heart and a hard heart. And God healed his heart and made his heart whole. Amazing story. The number of times in the Psalms, David pours out his heart and you can see it. It's broken. <laughs> David says, a broken and contrite heart or spirit you will not despise. David says, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. David says, oh God, give me an undivided heart. Those are all David. So David was full on. He was healed. And he was a man after God's own heart. He wanted what God wanted and he wanted to please God and he wanted to feel and think like God did. He was all about God and pleasing God. And I don't think those three things are three separate things that it's just a coincidence they were all in David's life. There's a reason that all three existed in one man's life because the three are linked. If you want your heart whole and healed but you don't want to be a wholehearted person, you won't get it. God says in Jeremiah 29, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. <laughs> Isn't that true? The three go together. You can be wholehearted and try and get your heart healed, but you're not after God's own heart. It won't work. You can be after God's own heart and want your heart healed, but if you're not wholehearted, it won't work. The three are all in one. And so the, the idea behind this series is we're going to look at different aspects of David's life, we're going to look at him being a wholehearted worshiper and see how that healed his heart. We're going to look at him being a wholehearted repenter when he'd sinned and see how that made his heart whole. We're going to look at him at different aspects of his life. Is that okay? And I, my, my prayer is not that we just gain head knowledge in these weeks. I, I, I really don't want that. I don't want us to say, wow, how erudite and wonderful. I'm so educated. That's not what we want. We want our hearts to be touched and, and made whole. So would you please just agree with me in prayer to say, Lord, here's my heart. Make it whole. Make me wholehearted. Make me a man after your own heart. And God will answer that prayer. Amen? Come, Lord. I just sense the Holy Spirit right now. He's just here. He's just asking you, do you want this? Because you know, the Lord never pushes or forces you. He gives you the opportunity, but He will never force you. He says, will you? And you have to say yes. 
The angel came to Mary and said, this is what God wants to do. And only when she said, yes, be it unto me according to your word, did it happen. We have to say yes, Lord. Amen. Right, so let's look at David. Wonderful guy. Did you know that David had good opportunity to be a bitter person? I'm going to look today at David being a shepherd or a leader after God's own heart. Is that okay? And linked in with this idea is you can't be a leader unless you're a follower. And you can't be a leader or a follower if you have a problem with authority. <laughs> Isn't that right, Tillman? <laughs> you can't do those things if you have a problem with authority. And David had the opportunity to have a problem with authority. If anybody ever had the, 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 the justified reason to, to be bitter and say, Ah, authority figures don't need them. Useless bunch of... It was David. And I have a strong belief and, and hunch that many, many of us, most of us, have something in our hearts that's not right in our attitude to authority. And as a result, we can't be in authority well, and our hearts are not whole, and we can't be wholehearted. We, we've got a divided heart. We're uh, always a little bit caught. I, I can't give myself fully. Why? Oh, I don't trust leaders. I don't trust authority. I don't trust God, actually. You know, Psalm 78, verse 72 says, David shepherded them according to the integrity or wholeness of his heart. David shepherded them. It calls leading. He was the king of the nation. It says David shepherded them according to the integrity or the wholeness. That word integrity means one, whole, complete. According to the wholeness of his heart. His heart had been made whole. But... Was he always whole? No, no. Let me read you a few verses. 1 Samuel 16, verse 11. So Samuel said to Jesse, Are all the young men here? Samuel has gone to Jesse's house to pick a king, and seven brothers are lined up. And Samuel says, Are they all here? Because God has said no to every single one of them. And Jesse said, There remains yet the youngest. He's out there keeping the sheep. Isn't that it? Does that tell you something? Boys, Samuel the prophet's coming tomorrow. He's going to choose one of you to be king. Wow, I wonder if it's me, Dad. I wonder if it's me, Dad. David says, I wonder if it's me, Dad. He says, no, not you. You're going out to the sheep. Rejected. Bitterne root of bitterness grows up inside. Oh, my dad. What about this? The, the brothers are out on the front line in the army about to fight the Philistines. And Goliath is shouting to them every day across the valley. Oh, I'm the big giant. I want to kill you. And David goes there just to take some food to them. And he asks them, what's this going on in 1 Samuel 17, 28? Now Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard when David spoke to the men. And Eliab's anger was aroused against David. And he said, why did you come down here? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride and the insolence of your heart. You've come down to see the battle. Verse 29. And David said, what have I done now? Can you see the opportunity for bitterness? Can you see how hurt? You know, the Bible talks about a root of bitterness that defiles many. 
We're in a little Christian meeting and we're all talking about Christian things, praise the Lord. And somebody says something and they can say it in a Christian way with spiritual words, but actually they reveal a bitterness against a leader that's hurt them somewhere along the line. Have you ever been in that position? I've been in that position almost daily where some Christian speaks badly about another leader because there's a bitter root inside of them. Let me read on. So, David then, King Saul is the king, and he's got a distressing evil spirit that comes upon him every now and again, and it, it torments him. And the only way he can be free is if somebody plays worship music skillfully in his presence. And there's a, a sermon in that alone. But David, how ironic is it that David is the one? David has been anointed to replace him. And David is chosen to come and play music. So all alone, Saul is sitting there. David is in the room with Saul. Nobody else there. The king of Israel and young David is there in his presence. And he gets the opportunity to see the worst side of the king. Not the polished man who gives nice speeches. He sees them when he's distressed. It's like the alcoholic dad or mum, and you, the child sees them when they're passed out, angry, abusive, drooling, you know, all that stuff. That's what David saw. He saw the authority figure at his worst. He had opportunity to be upset. Agreed? Yeah. Listen to what happened. So it was, whenever the Spirit from God was upon Saul, that David would take a harp and play it with his hand. Then Saul would become refreshed and well, and the distressing spirit would depart from him. Chapter 18 of 1 Samuel, verse 10. And it happened on the next day that the distressing spirit from God came upon Saul, and he prophesied in his house. So David played music with his hand, as at the other times, but there was a spear in Saul's hand. And Saul threw the spear, for he said, I will pin David to the wall. But David escaped his presence twice. Can you imagine how that breaks your heart? Can you imagine how you get distrustful of authority, angry, rebellious, bitter? Did, did David have good cause to speak evil of Saul, to rebel against him, to say, I'm the anointed one. Who's this old demonized man who tries to kill me all the time? Right, that's it. I'm going to take leadership. And the people wanted David as leader. They would cry out songs to him. David has slain his tens of thousands. What a wonderful guy he is. They thought he was wonderful. You know, it was a period of about 25 years from when David was first anointed king by Samuel to when he became king. And there were 10 of those years where David was in exile, living in a cave. And Saul was trying to kill him every day for 10 years. And David never once spoke evil of Saul. Or, or tried to kill Saul, or tried to damage him, or tried to take the throne away. This man's heart had been made whole because he was wholehearted in respecting authority. There's a big lesson here for me and you, friends. I promise you, many people here are Christians. They know all the doctrine. They know how to worship. They know the Bible. They've been in church for many years. But they are not wholehearted because there's this issue of, I do not trust or respect or want authority over me. Because he hurt me. He did wrong to me. He threw a spear at me. He should have been a loving, kind father, boss, pastor, whatever. And he threw spears at me. 
And I want to tell you, you will never be healed until you can wholeheartedly understand God's will for authority. Is that okay? Hard word, but I promise you, you will never get past this until you've understood God's will for authority. Let me just read you a couple of these verses. Um, <coughs> so, David is hiding in a cave and King Saul comes into the cave to go to the toilet. That's what the Bible says. And David is there hiding. I mean, again, ironic. You know, the devil gives you opportunities to rebel against leaders all the time. And David is there with a knife in his hand and Saul pardon my crudeness, Saul is squatting down in front of him, unaware that David's behind him, and David just cuts the corner of his, of his robe off, just to show that he could have killed him. <laughs> and Saul leaves, and David then speaks to him. It happened, verse 5 of 1 Samuel 24, it happened afterward that David's heart troubled him because he had cut Saul's robe. He felt so bad that he'd cut his robe. And he said to his men, the Lord forbid that I should do this thing to my master, the Lord's anointed, to stretch out my hand against him, seeing that he is the anointed of the Lord. So David restrained his servants with these words and did not allow them to rise up against Saul. And Saul got up from the cave and went on his way. Isn't that amazing? You know, David was surrounded by a band of men. There were 400 men. The Bible says they came to him because they were in debt they were distressed and they were discontented. I know that feeling. I've started several churches and you know who normally the majority of the first people, and I'm not speaking about anyone in this room, but usually the people who come when you start a church are those who are discontented, distressed or in debt from other churches that have been hurt. And they come and they're full of bitterness and anger. Do you know? Oh, no, no, no. And David melded them together. He would not allow them to speak badly of Saul. He showed them what it was to honor. And that word honor is the key. <laughs> okay. So Saul dies in battle. What happens is there's an Amalekite who's on the battlefield and Saul is mortally wounded and he calls the Amalekite over and he says, help me to die. He's already almost dead and the Amalekite just helps him that little bit extra and, and basically kills him. And, and then the Amalekite goes to King David and, and he's smiling. He thinks David will be happy. He says, Saul's dead and I killed him. He thinks David's going to be pleased with him. Listen to this. Once, 2 Samuel 1 verse 11. Then David took hold of his clothes and tore them. And so did all the men who were with him. You see, they'd learned. The 400 discontented, distressed, and debt, debt, indebted people became David's mighty men. They became the greatest fighting force the world's ever seen. I mean, you read the exploits they did. They killed lions, giants. They were amazing. Why? They learned. Ah, authority. There's a strength that comes from God through authority. Anyway, so all the men wept with him when they heard that Saul had died. Verse 12. And they mourned and wept and fasted until evening for Saul and for Jonathan his son. For the people of the Lord and for the house of Israel, because they had fallen by the sword. Notice that. They're weeping for the people of the Lord and the house of Israel. 
because God's leader has been hurt, the whole nation is hurt. They understand authority flows down. You see, we think, let me just test you here. Before the fall, before Adam and Eve sinned, do you think there was authority or there wasn't in the Garden of Eden? You know why I'm asking that? Because it'll show you whether you think authority is from God or from the devil. I want to tell you there was authority before the fall. God said to Adam, I've given you every animal. He made the animals. He brought them to Adam. He says, you have dominion over them all. Now name them. Then he said, I'm making a woman. I'm bringing her to you. Name her. There was authority exactly the same. But it wasn't a controlling authority. It wasn't a horrible authority. It's like the authority that exists in the Godhead. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they are equal, and yet they submit in order. Jesus says, not my will, Father, but yours be done. And yet he is equal to God. Because authority is of God. God says, I establish authority so that I can pour blessing through it to many people underneath. Even God, ungodly authority is my channel to pour blessing onto you. And so the people, they knew Saul was a wicked, unanointed disaster of a king. And they mourned and wept for their nation because the king had been hurt. Are you getting challenged? <laughs> you see in the West, oh man, we think nothing of ripping leaders to shreds. And it's not because the leader is a good person that we honor them. It's because God established the position. I don't honor a person because he's righteous or good or deserves honor. It's because God established the position and the idea of authority. That's why I honor the person. And then blessing flows. Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. The Lord bestows his blessing. Jew of heaven, the oil poured down. Life evermore commands a blessing. But you know what? It says it runs down from the head. It's like oil poured on the head flowing down onto Aaron's road. It comes through authority. You know, there's so many families that are in disarray. And it's because there is no honor in that family. The husband maybe is not a good husband. But because the wife doesn't honor him, the children don't honor her. And they wonder, why is my family a mess? Honor is the answer. Jesus, in Mark chapter 6, goes into his hometown. It says he could do no miracles because they didn't honor him. 2 Samuel 1.17 Then David lamented with this lamentation over Saul and over Jonathan his son. The beauty of Israel is slain on your high places. How the mighty have fallen. And he sang a song to the king who tried to kill him with spears. Friend, have you been... Have you been attacked by a leader, a parent, a boss, somebody who should have looked after you, somebody in authority? Have you? If you haven't, you're extremely rare. Every one of us has been hurt by authority figures. And yet God says the way to wholeness, to be a man after my own heart, to be a good shepherd, to be a good leader, is to understand authority is of God. Authority is God's vessel of blessing for you. And we need to honor it just because it's there, not because the person deserves it. <coughs> Can I just say that I've come across many people who, who say the right words. You know that 
your verbal communication, the words you use, is only 7% of your communication. 93% is tone, body language, context, you know, all that kind of stuff. I've met people who say the right words. Oh, thank you, pastor. But their heart has no honor. There's an underlying message coming through all the time. I do not, I do not respect or recognize your leadership. There's other people who talk to me casually. They call me Bud. They call me Greg. We slap each other on the back. We relax. But I know there's honor. 93% of their communication is honor. Not because I'm good. Just because I hold a position. There's a man in our church who was hurt by another church leader. He shared with me that hurt in a way that was honoring. He wasn't trying to pull that person down. He wasn't trying to be negative. He just shared honestly and he, he said, I'm hurt. And he was just being honest. There was honor there and God is healing that man greatly. But there are other people, I was speaking to a person just recently. They were saying the right words, but then they spoke about a leader, a church leader that had done something to someone else, not even to them. And I could tell there was a hook of bitterness in their heart. Not by the words they said, but by the 93%. Comes through. We've just got to let honor flow. And when honor flows, then blessing flows down. When honor flows up, blessing flows down. You know, in, there's an, a very fascinating little idea that I've been studying recently. It's in Jude chapter 1. It's in 2 Peter chapter 2. It's in Ephesians 4. It's in Colossians 2. It's in several places of the Bible where it talks about false teachers or wolves that come into the flock. And it says that they reject authority and they speak evil of dignitaries. And that's the sign of a false leader. They can have all the gifts in the world. They can have miracle power. They can preach a wonderful word. But if you detect, maybe not from the words, but from the communication, a lack of honor of, of the whole idea of authority. If they speak badly of a church leader or any leader, I promise you there's a problem there. In Acts chapter 8, Peter and uh, John and Philip were in Samaria and a man called Simon the Magician came. And he was a wonderful magician, but he gave his life to the Lord. He got baptized and then he came to Peter and he just said, please can I pay some money so that when I lay hands on people, they, they get filled with the Spirit. And Peter picked up, there's this problem there. He said, your heart is not right. You're full of bitterness. How did he get that out of, can I pay some money for this gift? He could tell. <laughs> honor is communicated not so much with words, but with an attitude. I honor you, not because you're great. Husband, I don't honor you because you're better than me, but because God has put order in our family, and I want God's blessing to flow into my family. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Shall we stand together? Here's my heart, Lord. Here's my heart, Lord. Lord, I don't want to go around and around this mountain another 50 times. Lord, I don't want to leave another church and go to another one and then leave that one and go to another one. Lord, I don't want to fight and bash my head again and again against a problem. I want to sort it out, please, Lord. Lord, I want to deal with my issues of lack of understanding of authority, lack of respect for authority, lack of honor. Lord, please, while I do this wholeheartedly, would you come in and make my heart whole?
Jesus, I want to be a shepherd that leads by the wholeness of my heart. Please, God, would you come in right now? Friend, if you've been hurt by somebody, in the next few moments we're going to play some music and we're going to just focus on the Lord. And I'm going to ask you to take whatever it is that person owes you, just like it's an invoice. Let's say they owe you 50,000 pounds for what they did wrong. Take it and write across it, paid in full by Jesus, and rip it up and say, they owe me nothing. I'm honoring the position, even if the person is not good. Lord, I'm sorry. We need to repent and say, Lord, I'm sorry for dishonoring authority because you put it in place, even if the person abused it. And God, I ask you to flood into my heart with love, with a softness, with a healing, that I can move forward with a whole heart. That's the prayer that we need to pray in the next few moments, folks. So we're just going to worship the Lord a bit. And I'm just going to invite you to do business with the Lord today. Amen. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.